Today's reading is found in John chapter 1, verses 1 to 16. We'll be reading from the Common English Bible. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life, and the life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. A man named John was sent from God. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him everyone would believe in the light. He himself wasn't the light, but his mission was to testify concerning the light. The true light that shines on all people was coming into the world. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light. But the world did not recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood, nor from human desire or passion, but born from God. The word became flesh, and he made his home among us. And we have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified about him, crying out, This is the one whom I said, He who comes after me is greater than me because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. morning. (laughs) My name is Craig Pelissero, and I'm the pastor of youth ministries here at First Free Methodist Church. It is such a privilege and honor to be here to worship with you all today uh, and to bring the word as well. Um, I have the privilege and honor of concluding our drift series here uh, that we've been looking at. And what we've been looking at is what it's like to be spiritually adrift. So I'm going to do my best to give you a brief summary to bring you up to speed or um, to uh, a brief recap. And if you're looking uh, to catch up with us, you can look on our website, our app, uh, and there's sermon series uh, and different sermons that you can um, also catch up on. So at the beginning of this series, we learned the importance of picking out in listening for God's voice among the many voices surrounding us. Pastor Matt asked one of our youth, Frank, to come on out, and he blindfolded him, and we all in the congregation were yelling, Frank, Frank, come here! Well, do we know that one person in the crowd here was actually selected to be God's voice, trying to call Frank over. And we could see this, through this illustration how difficult it is to hear God's voice among all the other voices around us. Next 
we went on to discuss how faith in Jesus is our anchor that holds, the, holds us in the storm, in the rough seas, in the strong currents of our age. And if you remember, we weren't talking about like a regular little anchor that could possibly get your boat going adrift, right? We we're talking about the big God-sized anchor that Pastor Matt showed us, the Titanic of anchors, the two-story huge anchor that your boat if anchored to it, is not going anywhere. And last week, we made the connection between being anchored and discipleship when Pastor Matt challenged us to go deeper through discipleship because through discipleship, we are reoriented, our worldview is reoriented to God's worldview. So what happens and what do we do when we hear God's voice, are anchored in Christ, and oriented to God's worldview. Well, this brings us to today's passage, the beginning of the Gospel of John. John 1 is so beautiful. The poetic words just grab us, our attention as soon as they begin, right from the start. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everything came into being through the Word. What came into being through the Word was life, and the life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. This passage is so big, so grand, so beautiful, it's so eternal and outside the bounds of time and space. We hear of this amazing light coming into the world for all people. And this light that is Jesus is so wonderful that not even darkness can extinguish it. The world needed this light, this beacon of hope, truth, grace, and love that nothing could overshadow it. There isn't a darkness dark enough to quench this light. As I read this passage, thinking about a brilliant light shining out into an endless darkness, the imagery of a lighthouse came to mind. And the lighthouse keepers that tend to the lantern on top of the tower Lighthouses are created to be a beacon of light in a stormy night. They provide a warning of danger, and they're also a sign of safety and hope. Lighthouses mark dangerous coastlines, hazardous shoals, reefs, and rocks, and also safe entries to harbors. They are also used as navigational tools to reveal to seafarers where they are along their journey. Another interesting fact is that lighthouses are all unique. The towers are given different colors and patterns, such as diamonds, spirals, and stripes, to distinguish them from one another. Lighthouses come in all different shapes and sizes. Originally, lighthouses were uh, lit up with fires, only later progressing through candles, lanterns, and electric lights. 
lighthouse keepers are needed for the important but mundane tasks of trimming the wicks, replenishing the fuel, winding clocks, and performing maintenance tasks such as cleaning lenses and windows. The lighthouse keepers are entrusted to tend to the light. And the number one job as a light keeper is don't let the light go out. What's the number one task of a light keeper? Awesome, you're with me. As we go forward in our passage this morning, a different type of light keeper is named. We could almost miss it because of the beauty of the beginning of John. But we are actually interrupted here with this. Our scripture is interrupted as we move from the internal and the pre-existent of the in the beginning is the word section to a specific time, a specific place, and a specific person. A man named John. Traditionally, we know this John as John the Baptist. However, our gospel writer does not refer to him as John the Baptist because he has another important role to be illuminated. John's purpose is to be a witness to Jesus Christ, the word made flesh that lives among us. The witness and testimony of John is the reason he is said to be sent from God. John's spiritual vocation was more than baptizing. It was providing a witness. And through his witness, the world comes to know Jesus Christ as God. This beautiful passage goes on to tell us the true light that shines in all people was coming into the world. The light was in the world and the world that came into being through the light. But the world didn't recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of somebody being spiritually adrift, I get this image of a person on a plank of a broken ship. They're drifting, they're in dire straits, holding on for dear life as the waves and the wind tosses about. Now, being adrift can look like that. However, that's not always the case. Being spiritually adrift can look in many different ways. People do not recognize Jesus or reject him for a variety of reasons. So come back to the water with me. Come to our boats and lighthouses. As I was saying, people can be spiritually adrift in many ways. Some people are under power on their boat, right? And plenty of fuel. They pass by the lighthouse, seemingly in a great situation. They don't even recognize that they need the light until that light is revealed to them. Others might be running on empty or the wind has been taken out of their sails. They pass by the lighthouse looking longingly but are unsure of how to take advantage of its protection. People are all around us all the time, looking at the light. Adrift in many different ways, but not recognizing 
what the light really is. The very light that was sent for them is something they cannot see. And oftentimes, it can be difficult for us to recognize the people who are adrift. The best way to recognize the people who might be adrift is to remember the times when we too have been spiritually adrift. Did we actually know and understand we were adrift at that time? And wasn't there a distinct moment for all of us when we recognized Jesus, welcomed him, and believed in his name, and trusted Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our life? When we think back to that time, we ourselves were spiritually adrift. It can make it easier to recognize those around us who are struggling to connect to Jesus. Our passage goes on to say, the word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory. Glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. We have seen his glory. Wow, we have seen his glory. We recognize the grace and truth of Jesus Christ because our eyes have been opened to the reality of the word making his home among us. We saw the light, and God opened our eyes to recognize the light by God's marvelous grace. Grace that is so abundant that the word says, from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. As the law was given through Moses, so grace and truth came into being through Jesus Christ. But what is this grace upon grace? Well, I believe it to mean that grace has always existed in the world and will always continue to be. The grace that is found in the law of the Old Testament is now made available in the world through Jesus Christ showing that the revelation of God in Jesus is in continuity with God's self-revelation in the Old Testament. Or, as theologian F.F. Bruce uh, points out, think of the ocean surf. One wave after another, in endless succession. Followers of Christ draw from the ocean a divine fullness in grace upon grace, upon grace. One wave of grace being constantly replaced by a fresh one. There is no limit to the supply of grace which God has offered freely as a gift. Jesus is the source of an unlimited supply of grace. The grace that is powerful enough to make people alive in Christ who are dead in sin. This is the grace that meets us wherever we are and however we have come to this place today. You are wanted, beloved, forgiven, cherished, and empowered to live a new life. You don't have to let your past define who you are today or dwell in the darkness that once was because your future in Christ is full of limitless possibilities. And the problems of your past become your grace of today. 
I want you to hear that. The problems of your past are your grace of today. Take time every day to allow the waves of grace to wash over you time and time again. Let God remind you who God says you are. This is the grace upon grace that we get to share and we receive it from Jesus. This is the grace that showers upon us, each of us who are called children of God. This is the amazing privilege we receive and this privilege drives us to care for the grace-filled light we have been given. Just as the lighthouse keeper's main job is to not let the light go out. This is our role as well. It's not always easy to prevent the light from growing dim. There might be mundane tasks that we find. It might be hard to keep it, the light burning so brightly, but it's important work. There are all sorts of factors that can impact us negatively. But maintaining the light to keep its brilliance is how we provide a witness to the light. Like John the Baptist, we testify to the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we forget how amazing this light is that we are keeping. How amazing the truth is that we know and that we hold. And how exciting this journey is. Like John, we are sent by God, to be keepers of this light and to point people to the grace given through Jesus Christ. Remember, you are the keepers of the light in the places that you work and in the coffee shops you frequent. You are the light bearers at the schools you attend and the neighborhoods that you live in. First Free Methodist Church, as a church, we are the keepers of the light in this community surrounding the church building. The light of this church must shine into the lights of all who live near it. And it takes everybody to tend to this light, to point people to God. And as we point people to the light, which is Jesus, sometimes it will be as overtly as John when he calls out, Look, there he is, the Lamb of God who has come to save the world. In other times, it might look a little different. It might be incarnational. It might be uh, your presence just being there, just showing up, being present with another person, and that's enough to direct people to the light. And when people ignore the light or don't recognize it, because you know that's going to happen, don't be frustrated. When people pass by, remember, you're not the light. You're not the path or the destination. However, you have an important role as the keeper of the light. Just as the light keeper tended to the lighthouse lantern at the beginning of our time together to warn people of danger and to illuminate the way to safety, we are mobile light keepers with lanterns we are tending to, to witness to the grace-filled light of God. And through our witness, the world comes to know God 
as Jesus Christ. First free, we have been empowered to be keepers of the light. And as keepers of the light, we have the responsibility, don't let the light go out. Let's show this community this amazing light that we have been entrusted with. I think the words of Duke Divinity Professor Christine Parton Burkett are encouraging as we conclude our time here together. You are not the light. You are not the path. You are not the destination. You? You lift up the lantern. You are the keepers of the light. You stand in the darkness of the road and hold high the lantern which holds the light that is not you. All who wander in the night, who stumble by the gate, see the light pooled at your feet and catch a glimpse of the gate, the path, the destination to home. You are the keepers of the light. Through this long night, may you faithfully hold up the lamp. You hold a lonely post against all the oppressive dark, but you join a constellation of light bearers that came before you and those who are to come. You are entrusted to the mundane work of keeping the wicks trimmed and the incandescent joy of seeing the lamp burn bright. Many will stumble past. They will see the light, but do not turn in. Many will see the light you wave and weave their way to their own home. Hold your post. Hold it well. Keep on signaling in the dark. This is the way. This is the truth. This is the life. You are the keepers of the light. Amen.